0: Welcome to the GateWorld podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 128 of the Gate World Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm David. And this is the show where two nerds talk about Stargate. David, welcome back. And to you, sir. It's been way too long. We've been off a bit. Um, We got the Gauntlet podcast up recently. That was the podcast's big return, but uh, we actually recorded Gauntlet way back in May or maybe early June. Was it in May? May. I think
1: it was was in May. It may have been.
0: It may have been. May. I think um, that
1: I recorded that one here. I may be wrong about that in, in Arizona. Okay. Maybe it was the one before that I recorded in Arizona, but one of them was done here.
0: So we have a bit of a catch-up to do here before we get to our main topic discussion this week, which is uh, our recap of SGU Season 2. Yep. And the first thing that comes to mind is uh, it's been a busy summer. Where have we been? Where have we gone? Yeah. Um, and the explanation, I think, uh, the the most explanation that, that I can give is that we had some behind-the-scenes troubles that made our summer hiatus arrive a little sooner than usual. We actually were planning on taking a summer hiatus yeah. after we sort of wrapped up talking about SGU. Uh, just came a little earlier than usual, but uh, we're back now. And I am editing the show again. So and You are editing the show again.
1: As a gauntlet, I have got my gloves back
0: on. Awesome. So. And I hope uh, it's not taking you terribly long. It's not
1: too bad. Um, you know, every show comes with several hundred edits. That's that's just how it works.
0: Well, um personally, the big news is you have switched jobs and you switch locations. States,
1: yeah. I'm back in Arizona. So,
0: back in Arizona. Last time we talked, uh you were wrapping up, I think, with PropWorks in Los Angeles.
1: Right. PropWorks uh the Stargate auctions completed. So, um I uh decided that it was time for, uh, to move on I, I didn't want to live in California to begin with and I moved out there with protests but mm-hmm. I moved out there knowing that I was going to do something amazing and I did it And it was a
0: cool opportunity it was a great opportunity
1: and now it's over and I'm it took leaving Phoenix to find out that Phoenix was where I wanted to be so yeah, I came back nice. and yeah except for the heat it's 105 Fahrenheit right now but, um, you know, so I came back, and, and I'm, uh, I'm living with some friends at the moment, and uh, uh, working f- at eBay now. Cool. And um, looking for a place of my own this fall. So everything's, everything's all all set.
0: Great. And you are working so, on your uh, thesis. I'm continuing to work on my PhD thesis. Uh, I'm about to start my third year. once the school year gets going here? In the next month or so, I'll be starting my third year, and hopefully, wrapping up in the next in the next year. We we plan tentatively, uh, sort of depending on if I can get a job and if I can get finished. I'll be moving back to the states uh, next summer. There you go. Wow. So a year away, huh? Yep. And come back and do what? Come back and get a job teaching. I hope. Jobs are not easy to come by these days. Oh no, no, the market's terrible. Yeah, we'll see how you do. And then we should also do a little bit of GateWorld update before we get into our our discussion of SGU. Um, The big news uh, going on on GateWorld right now is that the Stargate rewatch has started, and we're really excited about this. There's a lot of people out there who are participating who are really excited about this. Um, We have uh, thousands of fans around the world who have confirmed that uh, they're participating in a, a rewatch of all of Stargate history, from the original movie, all of SG-1, all of Atlantis, all of Stargate Universe, uh, and we're going to be doing this in uh, at, at a rate of about one season per month. So for August, we're just watching SG-1 season one, uh, and we're we're having some features and some discussion and some some polling going on on that.
1: This is really cool thing that's going on i didn't ex- i mean i i knew that it would do good the the rewatch but i didn't expect to pull in thousands and thousands of people so i was
0: hoping that that people would get excited about it i mean it's with stargate going off the air and out of production it's it's obviously the the time to, to do something like this as a big fan community event
1: before everyone moves um, on yeah
0: yeah and i was sort of Really pleasantly surprised uh, so far I, I wanted people to not just watch the show but to sort of participate in this community by you know kind of rediscover that it. on Twitter and facebook and and creating a blog and a lot of people have created blogs just for the rewatch and are like posting episode reviews as they go, which is really cool
1: really i'd like to see a couple of those. Do you mind linking them in the um, in the notes
0: yeah we'll uh, we'll put some links up in the show notes and then also in in some of the the Stargate rewatch posts that I do on the main site uh, throughout the month. Uh, We'll link to some of those things that that participants are doing. Um, Now, we're also doing um, uh, season-by-season awards. So we'll do, like, the fan's choice of the best episode of the season and the best Jack moment of the season and Mm. the best Sam moment Mm -hmm. of the season. Um, So we're currently in the process of polling on that for Season 1 of SG-1. Basically, the back half of every month, um, there's going to be a poll up for the awards for that season, and then we'll sort of cap off that month of the rewatch by announcing the the sort of awards for that season.
1: Mm. Sounds like a plan.
0: It's a lot of fun. Um, Some people are sort of asking what's going on with the podcast, uh, and so let me just clear up confusion. Uh, The GateWorld podcast is not actually tied to the rewatch. What I want to do is, is, whenever we do the podcast here, we'll sort of give a recap on, on where the rewatch is at uh, and what's going on. But you and I are not talking about SG-1 Season 1 right now. Um, we have other topics to talk about on the podcast. Uh, so fortunately, we've already talked about SG-1 Season 1, uh, and we can link to that. Uh, there's a whole show dedicated to every Yeah, would, that was, what, what, a year ago now? Yeah, at least. And then there's also the commentaries, which we've recorded one so far. Are you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, we recorded uh, Tin Man, and I think you published that about a week ago, two weeks ago now. Um, this is something that we've been talking about since uh, 2004, doing uh, commentaries for the, the website. So that's a really long time coming, and it's finally taking off. And you know, I think we're in a place where, where we're comfortable enough on the air, you know, this this air. That uh, we've, both, we've both got our voices firmly established And a rapport firmly established In this type of way That we could um, just go right into it and do it So the, the podcast was basically our guinea pig And now the commentary is uh, the, uh, Really the payoff I mean that's is the first time that we've ever done a show Without any cuts in it at all um, Which made it really easy for me to upload but, Yeah because
0: uh, it has, to, it has to, to Stay on time with the show I mean we could so,
1: make cuts But it would be very tricky
0: yeah, so the way it works basically is this is this is an audio track that you can, uh, either on your iPod or just on your computer, you sort of sync it up with the show, you get it ready to go, load it up, and then when you press play on your DVD player or iTunes or however you watch Stargate, uh, as soon as you see that MGM lion at the beginning, then you press play on the audio track, uh-huh. and uh, you get to have a couple of obnoxious guys watching the show and we keep
1: oh, Leo um, on the track so that you can synchronize with your, yeah, with your TV. Idea.
0: So uh, there's, there's just one of that so far. Uh, there's one commentary on Tin Man. We're going to do two a month for the foreseeable future, uh, keeping with the pace of the rewatch. So two from each season uh, for now. And you can find that uh, on the website. Uh, look under podcast on the main menu at the bottom of the podcast menu there's commentaries or you can go to itunes and search for gate world and it'll come up as uh, as gate world fan commentary
2: the main discussion
1: our main discussion for tonight's podcast is sgu season two stargate universe season two aired uh, first run on the sci-fi channel september 28th 2010 to may the 9th of 2011 consisted of 20 episodes and uh, basically is the end of a long run of um, uh, various series in the uh, the Stargate franchise for the time being. Um, this was a good year. There was a lot of neat stuff in it, a lot of groundbreaking stuff.
0: And now the show is over. So, Yeah, I- it was... It capped off 14 consecutive years and 17 seasons of Stargate on television. And of course, the first thing to say... Up front is that this season was not meant to be the last uh Stargate universe was canceled by sci fi channel before its time um just when it was getting good i think um but it's it's kind of nice to be recording this show a few months after after it ended because uh you know looking back on it now, I feel like well it's been a while since i've seen most of these episodes, but I sort of have a a bit of perspective that maybe i lacked
1: in may yeah i uh when we did the gauntlet podcast and i found out that i was actually going to be the one editing it i went back in and you know i edited the show and the things that we were talking about were in a a way unfamiliar to me and i knew exactly Mm -hmm. what it was that i was talking about but i hadn't thought about it i hadn't dwelled on it anymore i i'm very comfortable with saying i've digested the show and it's and i've moved on from it you have to you know um and so when I wrapped up the episode, I wanted Joel's uh, piano theme uh, from the very tail end of the show to be mm-hmm. the tail end of that podcast. Yeah. And re-watching that scene, man, I forgot about this. It took me by surprise how quickly I had abandoned it. And, you know, I mean, I felt that I had to because it was, mm. it was over and it wasn't supposed to be. And so I had to find my place with that, and I did.
0: Yeah, kind of like having a bandaid ripped off while you're being punched in the stomach. (laughs) Yeah, well, you
1: know, you you can't change what happened, but you know, I, I, and not that this podcast is going to be talking about the, the, the early, the premature cancellation of the, of the series, the premature end of the series, but you know, I just wanted to get that in there. I thought that that was interesting, my, my reaction. to to seeing it again
0: a lot of those those sorts of things like the cancellation and um what the show accomplished uh, will be good for our next podcast discussion on sgu deconstructed where we look at the show overall and its sort of successes and failures we really want to focus on these 20 episodes and these 20 episodes I, i gotta say You know, I like the show a lot in Season 1, but SGU picked up its game and found its footing in a lot of ways. Um, A lot of the stuff in Season 1 that I had sort of a finite amount of patience for, like, uh, you know, using the communication stones to go back to Earth and sort of fret over our personal relationships, a lot of that stuff gets sort of sidelined or minimized in Season 2 yeah but the stuff that is in season 2 you know that that takes
1: advantage of 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 older um threads like the lucian alliance is done well you know i mean i was when i found out that the lucian alliance were going to be you know a major part of the of the fabric of season 2 uh, cap uh, yeah. starting off with the end of season 1 i was not going, yay, I'm so excited. You know, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah,
0: because when they were introduced on SG-1, they were, they were just not fully realized. And, no. and the degree to which they were realized, they were sort of corny. They were comical, particularly
1: with Tanette with and Jupe and it was, or Jup, And then you had Natan, who you couldn't really take seriously. But now, you know, I think that this is, uh, that, that this, they really upped the ante with this one. You know, and yeah, Mike, so- Mike Dopud with Varro. It was
0: very interesting. Varro's character, and we get a lot of a lot of uh, dark, very threatening characters from the Lucian Alliance, with Simeon, uh, Robert Nepper's character, who gets a, a significant arc in the first half of season two, um, and with, abruptly with ending. Kiva, you know, she was the leader of the invasion force at the end of season one. And that's where we pick up with season two is the invasion is in full swing and Kiva's been shot and she's dead and now we've got this this uh psychopath, mm-hmm. Lucian Alliance, bald guy, <laughs> you know, basically wanting to kill everybody. And when he mowed through the
1: the ship, I honestly, you know, anyone could could go at that point, I thought. You know, for a while there I thought Jen Spence was dead. And the character of mm-hmm. Lisa Park, I thought she was gone. But um mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There's some powerful powerful episodes in there. The the opening in with with the Lucian Alliance shoving them off to this this planet, that, that all happened very fast. There's a lot of material in the opening episode of season two, but um you know, I mean, overall I think it was it was fairly successful.
0: By the time season two rolled around, you know, we'd had we'd had uh, subversion leading into a two part season finale and then and then intervention at the start of season two. So we had a four-episode arc with this Lucian Alliance invasion, and I was ready for it to be done. I was ready to move on with what's going on with Destiny and what's the ship's mission, and are Mm. these characters going to start to get along? Uh, All that stuff that gets sort of realized Mm -hmm. over the course of the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. I was was ready for it, and it, it could not have come sooner.
1: What about the mission of the ship?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, especially when we talk about the first half of the season, everything sort of revolves around Episode 7, The Greater Good. Mm -hmm. This was the big revelation where you stick Rush and Colonel Young over on an abandoned Cassini ship, and circumstances forces it all out. Rush has learned things just recently, apparently. He's learned what the mission of the ship is. Mm. And we get it all in dialogue yeah big dialogue dump and and it's um it's still i mean it leaves a lot unanswered yes this it? is definitely I mean, true what is the 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 fabric of the universe that that destiny seems to be chasing after uh the source of this pattern in the cosmic background radiation huge questions that that the show doesn't get to answer in season two but um uh, very intriguing i mean i mean at this point in the series i'm i'm satisfied to finally be getting getting some answers and, and they're intriguing answers that that provoke more questions. Did you find that sort of satisfying? At least in a sort of preliminary way?
1: I think I probably would have find it found it more satisfying if, if the show had, you know, run its proper course. Then I think that this this is a very decent first chapter for this particular story element. Um but I mean as as it is, no, not really. And I've talked about this before. I would have preferred to make the discovery with Rush had i i mean had i learned about the discovery myself you know had they concocted a way to show it to me rather than tell it to me you know i mm-hmm. think would have been far more satisfying um but we get we get the two of them exhausted from punching each other out sitting in a in a dark room on an alien ship just talking about the nature of the universe there are worse ways for that information to be given definitely um but yeah i mean it was If you look at the entire setup of that episode, them getting over there, you know, just to to get to that scene, because that's that that whole scene is the fulcrum of that show, that Mm -hmm. episode. Um, Yeah, it wouldn't have been my first choice.
0: Yeah, it does end up coming out not just by exposition. I mean, obviously, it's it's sort of a, a technical, complicated thing. Yeah, this cosmic background radiation and. You have to explain to the audience what that is, let alone the fact that, you know, Destiny's connected to it in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the fact that, you know, a couple of episodes before, there's the distinct sense that Rush, he talks about the fact that he's like on the verge of discovering this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the time we get to the greater good, he's discovered it off camera.
1: Yeah, he's just got to access to the bridge, and I was... And he was saying, you know, just before I'm on the verge of discovering the, the the ship's mission, and so I'm looking forward to making that discovery with him. And then <laughs> we find out when he talks about it that we've blown past it. Like I, I, felt a little cheated. I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the show does a lot with um, putting the audience in in the the same perspective as as the characters. Yeah. So here, I mean, the audience is sort of coming at this from Colonel Young's perspective, where he's, he's um, you know, he's been betrayed. This guy is keeping mm-hmm. things from him. And finally, he has to, you know, knock down, drag out and get an explanation out of him. Literally has to drag an explanation out of the guy.
1: Similar with the, the seed ship. Uh, we finally get to see a seed ship in this episode. And this is a big thing for me because, you know, these ships have been alluded to. So this this was a really big deal for me, and the whole purpose of the seed ships is that there is a Stargate manufacturing plant on board. I mm-hmm. mean, on how wheels. cool is that? That is something that we have never even uh, we we theorized that they existed at some point, but we've never seen one. And we've had a chance to see one, and we get the chance to see one, and it's eh. The reaction of, that's <laughs> the reaction of the characters, and so it's it's one shot, practically a two D shot. You know, there's no hardly any depth to it. And then we move on, and it's like, really,
0: <laughs> I yeah. had the rug pulled out from under me. It's it's again, it's Rush's character is this is true. Sort of you know the Stargate and how it works is sort of old news to him. He's on to bigger and better things, mm-hmm. as far as he's concerned. Yeah, um, definitely a sort of lack of wonder there. Uh, but then in Awakening, that same episode, you get the introduction of the Ursini, this very alien species. And there is sort of a sense of wonder.
1: Yeah. Little frog-like looking dudes, you know, with a interesting uh, language, whoever does the sound for this show. I think it's still sharp. I think it's sharp sound. I can't be 100% positive. But they created an interesting, an interesting speech pattern for them. Mark Zavella mm-hmm. and his team did a great job made, making them look stunning, as usual. Um, They're
0: very well realized, yeah. alien, and of course the Urssini become a part of the fabric of of season two, at least the first half, um, leading up to this mid-season two parter, when, as far as we know, the survivors of the Ursini
1: probably get wiped out. Mm-hmm. I was really under the impression that you know they were going to become more more central uh, component to the show, um, but then you know it, it kind of makes sense that the ship is traveling through space in one direction. Um, we're going to see strange creatures as we go, and we may no- never see them again. Um, yeah, because
0: we're going to leave their part of space pretty quick. Yeah. Especially when we move in between galaxies. hmm uh, Which we find out later in the season is rare. Right. Yeah, by the end of the season, we find out that this galaxy is very large. And we only yeah. make it, what, a third of the way across it? Yeah. And the other thing about the Yersini, I think they're, they're, they were very well realized, certainly visually. hmm um, but in terms of plot, in terms of, in terms of writing them as, as uh, characters who push the plot along, I mean, remember that they did most of their communicating when they came back mm-hmm. through Telford. Mm-hmm. So we never actually saw them. I mean, we saw them in Telford's flashbacks, but we didn't actually see much of them. Um, there wasn't just, a lot of interacting with them. Telford came on board and said, hey, I figured these guys have this plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they don't... Really, sort of interact with our characters on screen in the same way that that you know something like the Asgard would have done. No,
1: there there was very little of that at all. It's, it's almost that, like that was disappointing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like they were afraid to put us in the same room with them because how much money it would cost. But I don't know. It was it, they they were neat for when we for when we saw them, and you know mm-hmm. that as far as that's concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of character threads running. Um, this is a really busy first half of the season you've got uh, Chloe remember Chloe's going through this alien transformation uh, she was captured by the blue aliens back in space in season one uh, we got a hint in season one's lost that that she was maybe changed or affected in somehow they did something to her because she recognizes the alien language mm-hmm. on their computer console um, so you've got Chloe's thread going on she's you know maybe changed into something uh and then you've got russia's storyline he's found the bridge he is making bad decisions he's gained some control over the ship but not a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, and so he makes decisions that end up getting guys riley killed riley
1: killed what did you think of chloe's transformation arc in hindsight with it with it it pretty well behind us
0: yeah with the full information of season two I was really glad that they gave the character some some uh, sort of meaty storyline like that because as we as we bitched about so much in season one, she's just mm-hmm. was kind of there listening to her iPod. Uh, so she not only gets something to do in terms of plot and at uh, least gets some some acting work, but they they give her a way to actually contribute to the ship really significantly in that even after she's you know dealienized, she can still. You know, calculate amazing FTL jumps for the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got you know crazy mathematical insights that she can share with Rush. It's good for her character. It's a bit manufactured, I guess, that she's sort of given given a superpower that she didn't have. And the way that that she ends up being healed in um, yeah, the resolution. What is it? In deliverance, we give her back to the aliens. They heal her and they send her back. If that's really the end of that arc if something doesn't come up in season 3 that says oh they did something else to her um, or
1: this is that, what was going on to begin with yeah like the aliens when they appear again you know they appear with with an advantage because of that information
0: you know right. that's the only thing that i can that think they, of because otherwise that, that, that arc was a dud something from her yeah i mean they had to have gotten something from her that they wanted yeah uh, which is ultimately uh, I think, to get control of destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect that there's more payoff for that had the show continued. As it stands, it's, it's, um, you know, it's such a big deal in the first half of the season. It's, they kind of get rid of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, while, while Rush is uh, seeing hallucinations, maybe they're hallucinations, maybe the ship is manifesting something to him in the form of Gloria, his wife, in the form of Dr. Franklin, um, he's he's not quite sure, and, and we, as the audience, are not quite sure if he's hallucinating or not.
1: Right, what's going on, yeah.
0: While all that is going on with him, and he's trying to figure out destiny, uh, Colonel Young is just falling apart.
1: He goes through a very dark period in the early half of, of, this, uh, of this season, and finds out who he is as a leader, I mm. think, really. Mm. And destiny what's... is basically, you know, <laughs> pushing him to become the person that he needs to be. So the yeah. I mean that's that's the that's the that's what you get when
0: young straightens up and gets back to work and then the ship says, "Okay, now we can go." <laughs> yeah, the ship literally comes to a stop until he mans up. Uh Destiny's not going anywhere. What do you think is the is the catalyst for young's sort of spiral downward? Uh from the beginning of the show, he's he's obviously been the guy who doesn't want to be here. Who was never supposed to command this mission and would really rather not? Is I it? think the baby put him into the, a really deep depression. Okay. okay. Um, I was thinking is it was it the death of Riley? It was it the invasion? I think that that was that, that was lines? probably
1: it too. Um, the yeah yeah probably Riley and the baby. Yeah, I think the, you're right the about two the big, big baby. catalysts. I would have to say.
0: Yeah. So TJ loses loses her baby, their baby, which then is is uh, also obviously tied into her arc. Mm. Uh, which comes back around in visitation, and she she gets pretty solid confirmation that she thought that maybe the superpowered aliens saved her baby, but no, I think destiny was really just trying to help her deal with the loss of her child because mm-hmm. it knows that she is vital to that mission. the crew's survival is vital so I mean again, there we can talk about destiny as a character on this show. Uh, Very much in season two. Much more than season one. Destiny's a character. Um, Destiny's manifesting herself to Rush. Destiny is, uh, you know, doing this with with TJ. Did you see enough of that to satisfy you in terms of of Destiny as a character?
1: In terms of this season, yeah. Yeah, I think the the show was just as much of a character this season as the other nine players were. Eight, nine. Um, The ship, you mean? Yeah, the ship
0: was. The ship definitely was. Um, was Does that very... go away in the second half of the season? Did it go away? Yeah, is, is Destiny sort of as present? Because one of the things that I noticed uh, after Rush comes clean about everything in The Greater Good is, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we see Gloria or Franklin again at all. Right. We? Well,
1: you, I think what it
0: was, and this is how I can explain
1: it, either that or the stories just didn't necessitate it, but you've, you've got both Gin and Amanda Perry inside the ship. The, mm-hmm. the ship's computer, so at that point, they are basically Destiny as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the crew really start getting more invested in the actual mission, Destiny itself stops messing around with them so much because it doesn't need to anymore. That's how maybe I would was, explain that.
0: Maybe it was sort of prodding them along mm-hmm. until this point. And yeah. then
1: now they're going in the direction that it needs them to.
0: Yeah, especially by resurgence at, at the, the midpoint. You really have the crew sort of working together now. They're on the bridge... Uh, Colonel Young is in charge. He's gotten his act together, and he's giving orders. Yeah, the ship is no longer locked into its um, into
1: its course, but it doesn't need to be. You know, it it, it allows them to take it where they think the ship they, they think it needs to go, uh, or if an, a mission needs to get done, it allows them to change course. Mm-hmm. And we just have to assume that they that it's it resumes on its flight path because you know there are still stargates in range.
0: So now this uh, mid-season introduces us to a threat that is going to take us through the rest of the season. This is when we first encountered the drones and the drone control ships. Uh, apparently technology that was left behind by, by a race that is either gone or has been, been wiped out by war. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just dormant technology. There's not people controlling these things. Um, but it's apparently wiped out the Ursinian civilization, and now, as soon as they encounter destiny, they are riding us for the rest of the season.
1: I really expected there to be an origin story episode of, of these these automatons, or whatever it is that you want to call them. Um, we never really find out where they came from. We just find out that they're basically a scourge, so mm-hmm. a, a pestilence on this galaxy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting diversion for what... Uh, they wanted to do in the in the the middle of the season and at the very end of of the series but i was expecting to kind of advance the story in another real way you know that they were going to come become like a big part of the fabric of of the mythology Mm -hmm. of the show and maybe they would have but i just don't know at this point
0: yeah on that front they sort of reminded me of the replicators Uh, Mm -hmm. when the replicators were first introduced they were a technological scourge and um you know, they were—they weren't an enemy that you could reason with. Uh, you just had to to blow them to pieces and hope that they didn't—that they know, didn't re- come back together, reconstitute themselves. As they went on, as we lived with the replicators long enough, the writers gave them personalities yep. and gave them faces. When they introduced us to the human form replicators, you know, maybe maybe we would have found out that there are actually still you know people alive, aliens that are controlling that technology or something like that. As it stood in Season 2, they were just an antagonist. They were just sort of an external threat.
1: But if we actually left, we would never have, you know, if that was their plan, we would never have necessarily found that out unless whoever was controlling them was operating outside of the galaxy.
0: Yeah, and that, that decision, jumping ahead to the season finale, that decision to skip the rest of the galaxy with this long FTL jump to avoid encountering the drones... It really showcases the difference between SGU and SG-1 and Atlantis, I think, in the respect that these characters are flying by the seat of their pants, they're fighting for survival, mm-hmm. um, they they don't have the ability to stop and sort of deal with this enemy mm-hmm. and stop them from, you know, ruling this part of this galaxy. They just, they've got to get past it. hmm And so in that respect, you end up with a finale that's, okay, there's a lot of problems that are are solved in in sort of an ingenious way. You know, I mentioned in the Gauntlet podcast that it sort of brings clever back to Stargate. uh, Exactly. You can't just, you know, reverse the polarity and solve the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Adjust the flux capacitance. uh, But on the other side of that, you know, we're, we're leaving the bad guys behind undefeated. We basically lose. Yeah. And move on which is it's tonally very different for Stargate.
1: Mm-hmm. What about the Novan storyline? Mm-hmm. This was so cool, the, this this edition. This was probably my favorite aspect of this season, perhaps out of the entire series, especially yeah, with the awesome. episode Epilogue. You know, you find this race of, of descendants from which we are the ancestors, Destiny. The Destineers are the ancestors.
0: Very satisfying. Very cool stuff. Very, um, frankly, ingenious way to introduce... Uh, Human-populated worlds settlements mm-hmm. into this far, far away galaxy.
1: Mm-hmm. It starts off with a great episode, Twin Destinies. You know, with a great concept. You know, twinning everything, and then you know we find out that that galaxy has been has been irrevocably changed
0: moving forward. Yeah, Twin Destinies is such a cool episode. So much uh, sort of slow character stuff on SGU, but when SGU you know goes back to the sci-fi well. And does a time travel story. It's not just a, a cool episode, but it, it gives us so much. Yeah, and everything, almost that,
1: everything that comes after jumps off of that.
0: Yeah, not only do we sort of double all of our supplies by by raiding uh, the destiny that's falling into the star and is about to be destroyed. Uh, so we think. But, yeah, the, the, the other crew that we thought perished in the wormhole when they tried to go through to Earth, we find out, you know... What, here, one, two, three, four, five episodes later, they didn't die. They were sent back in time to a planet in this galaxy. And there you've got a three-episode story arc.
1: Man, I really would have wanted to know how all that would have gone forward. This, this, whole, this whole season, you know, in retrospect, just wanted to see what would have happened, wanted to see what was, what was the game plan. And hopefully Brad will decide to tell one of these days. If I were to learn some of these things, I think, I think it would be an opportunity to rewatch the show in a new light.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's true. It's maybe a double-edged sword to get information about about the story that was untold. I remember when Defying Gravity went off the air a couple of years ago now. Such a a great show, but they only got like 13 episodes, uh, which it kicked off a very large story arc. And the executive producers, after it was clear that the show was not going to go on, basically said, hey, you know, for each of the characters and then for the major story arc, this is sort of where we were going. This is what we were going to do. And it sounds so cool, uh, and it's it's satisfying in, in a way, and it does sort of change the way you go back and rewatch the show and understand what's going on, what's being set up here. But you know, the same way, it's it's sort of it's it's dealing with more loss. Mm-hmm. We should also talk about seizure. This is a bit of a unique episode, as as uh, the crossover with uh, some Atlantis characters playing a big role here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an episode. Most of it doesn't take place on Destiny, and uh, you know Colonel Young and Telford are involved in this uh, heist, ill-conceived mission to Langara. But it's it's sort of uh not like the rest of the season in that respect. Mm-mm. Sort of a Milky Way episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It um that was a, that was an interesting one. You know, I mean, I and I've said this before. I think I think that uh, the show. That particular episode would have been different had the show continued on, if they had known that the show was that the show was ending at that point. That I think it probably would have had a very very different ending. But the ending of that sh- that particular episode, I think, is designed for a show that was supposed to go go on further. Because it's it's basically the episode that at, that is as it is right now is basically a story that doesn't go anywhere because. The, the show didn't go anywhere after that. So this was probably a first trial, and they would have, I'm sure, gone back to that, gone back to that in Season 3. So this was clearly a fir- the first act of something bigger. And because the show yeah. got canceled when it did, it's kind of like, well, that's an interesting
0: episode. Yeah, so you're talking about dialing the Stargate from Langara. Exactly, and not being able a, to connect. Creating a supply line. Yeah, I mean, that alone so,
1: would, be, that would be an interesting novel for SGU if they would sh- continue the show in novel form or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a question. Whether we can do that and establish a supply line and potentially a, a one-way uh, means of travel for, for sending Telford or other crew members to Destiny it introduces a, a lot of possibilities if you can get it going. But as it stands, that question doesn't get answered at the end of Seizure. You know, overall, the second half of the season especially, I think you really see you see the crew coming together in a way that clearly was not there in season one. Um, in season one, the, the relationship of the crew is typified by an episode like Divided, where there is literally a civilians versus military mm-hmm. sort of civil war on board Destiny. And by the end of season two, by Gauntlet, they're, they're eating together as family. And they're, they're yeah. talking about each other as family.
1: Well, I think they figured out how important they are to each other's survival and I think uh, they've really gotten to the point where okay you know <laughs> we can either live together or die alone uh, to borrow from Jack Shepard <laughs> that's how I really took that and it was, it was nice to finally see and that was one of the greater scenes of that, uh, of that of the entire series is them having dinner together for one last time you know yeah. sure there are some there are some elephants in that room um, but still you know the greater good is being fulfilled at that point
0: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: What's your favorite episode pick from season two? Twin destinies. Really, twin destinies. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's been so long since I've seen them. Uh, it's kind of a toss up.
1: Toss up between really twin destinies strong-ups. and epilogue for me. But I think yeah. epilogue probably a little bit more. Maybe I a little bit say more.
0: Epilogue. You? Yeah that 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 future crew that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a, a great way to look at at sort of a. Possible happily ever after. I yeah, mean, in it's, one sense, in it's one a sense, series crew, finale. In many ways, yeah, the crew that we're following didn't experience those events and you know settle down and have those relationships and those families. But at the same time, they did. It's not like it's an alternate reality or a timeline that's been averted. Um, in a sense, they did have mm-hmm. those lives, mm-hmm. and, and it, it ends up being much more satisfying than something like an episode that has a reset button at the end of it. Absolutely. And it
1: wasn't a timeline that was erased. It was just a timeline that they didn't experience. And I think that's one of the other things that we take away from it, that it's not a timeline that was erased.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Epilogue, I think, is my favorite of the season. Uh, yeah. Although Twin Destinies is, is great. Um, Trial and Error, I yep. think, is a really entertaining episode. You know, watching Destiny explode, trying to figure out if he's going crazy or if the ship was doing something to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and episodes like Hope are maybe underrated you know, Volker's operation and... Uh, the whole 2001 beat? Great beat. Yeah, and, and the emotional stuff that's going on with, with Volker and uh, with Greer. And of course, that's, that's when uh, Gin comes back. Gin's mm-hmm. disembodied mind. We find that her consciousness throat. was not destroyed. Yeah. Very yeah, rewarding. That's just such a cool sort of Sci-fi stuff going on in that, in addition to the the emotional character stuff uh, in in the Volker storyline. I really like Hope. It's a satisfying season overall. It is by itself. It's a
1: satisfying season. Yeah. Is it a perfect season? No, but it's pretty close.
0: It shows that the show is going somewhere, um, and it's it's a, a real shame that we didn't get to see how much farther it would have gone in season three. Mm-hmm. The show is really going somewhere. Um, the things that I didn't like about season one are virtually gone. Yeah. Uh, and they, they tell just some really interesting stories. Uh, and uh, they use these characters in some. They, they do a lot of really, really touching things with these characters.
2: Listener Mail.
0: Well, as we're playing catch-up from uh, last spring and the end of SGU and the news that uh, there's not going to be a third season. There's not going to be any Stargate movies for the foreseeable future. Um, we have lots of mail to catch up on, so let's dig into the voicemail bag.
2: Hey, this is Mike from Philadelphia. Big fan of the Stargate franchise. Been watching it for years. Uh, can't believe it's finished. Uh, can't believe you guys finished uh, uh, Stargate Universe with a cliffhanger like that. Um, I don't know what's going on these days. It's... Uh, I think you guys make a bad decision uh finish this whole thing i felt like you guys had many years ago without you know concept and should definitely keep it going yeah my name's tony i'm calling from spokane washington and i just like to ring in here um sci-fi had a really good show i liked it um hate the fact that they canceled it um you know, why Why don't they cancel their their wrestling show that they put on there that isn't even sci-fi related, instead of canceling some really good sci-fi show. Uh, STU uh, was going places. Um, I liked it. Uh, I hope it lasted. Unfortunately, they canceled a good show. Personally, I, I hope um, Sci-Fi Channel gets really nasty ratings now that they canceled a decent show. The other shows, uh, Being Human, that's uh, not very good. I don't like it. Um, SGU's the best. The Stargate shows are the best. And when SyFy canceled it, I, I hope their ratings go down the tube now. They've canceled a decent show. That's my thoughts on it.
3: Yes, I'm Joshua, and I'm calling from Texas. I'm just said that they're canceling Stargate Universe. I mean, it's more in-depth than any of the other series, in my opinion. And there's so much more that's unanswered, you know. They've opened up questions in this season, and then they choose not to answer them. And if if y'all hear anything on a new series, I would love to hear something. Or if they decide to re-open the Stargate Universe series, that would be awesome. This is Peter Miller, the Iowa. You know, there's a lot of Trekkies out there. I guess you could say there's sci-fi freaks. I mean, it's not just Star Trek, but right now we just have so slim pickings on things like Star Trek, things like the gate, you know, Stargate Universe. And you had Stargate Universe going so well and you ended up on this cliffhanger. You can't just cancel this. We have no other place to go. We need, us Trekkies need something out there that gives us a little bit of hope, something to look for, look forward to. All right, I hope it doesn't just end here, and I hope it keeps going. And if it does end here, I hope you guys come up with something much better. I mean, us Trekkies are out here.
2: Hi, this is Tyler from Bothell. First off, I just read the letter to the Stargate fans from Craig Angler from Sci-Fi, and uh, I've been reading a lot of the comments, actually all of them. I've been refreshing the page to read them. I kind of feel like he was just doing a cop-out PR because they've been slammed. But uh, I've read on Facebook that apparently there's a rumor that Paramount might be buying or might be interested in buying the Stargate franchise. I don't know how true this is. I don't know if it would do any good for it, but it could be interesting to see what might happen there. I've yet to find any uh, articles about it online, just a couple uh, statements on the Save Stargate Universe um, Facebook page. Uh, the other thing I was wondering is if you guys might talk about the book in the void between the end of the SGU podcast and the SG rewatch, which I definitely plan to follow with you guys.
0: Yeah, Tyler, there was a rumor uh, going around when when we found out that MGM was, was not currently interested in doing anything with, with Stargate, uh, that maybe somebody else ought to pick it up. And I think that's what the talk was, was, hey, if MGM's not going to do anything with it, why don't they give it to a studio that will? It's not that Paramount was ever seriously considering it or talking to anybody about it. It was just I nah. think wishful thinking on the part of fans.
1: I think the price tag for that brand would be a little high.
0: Yeah, and even if the the current powers that be at MGM are not interested in in financing something, you got to know that this is a valuable brand, and it's you know it's in their library, it's in their wheelhouse. So eventually, somebody's going to come along and pitch something that they think is going to going to be successful. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the books a little bit more on the podcast. Um, I haven't read any of the Stargate novels myself. You haven't read any of them? No, I, I don't really have time with. Uh, I've the read.
1: Full I've read 3 or 4 now. I I've read um and most recently maybe even 5. I've I've read 4 Dragons. I'm not a huge fan of television tie-in books because they feel like fanfic in many ways. You know, they feel like the idealized version of that particular fan's uh Stargate mm-hmm. experience and to write something and not just make it feel make it be exactly how you want it to be is tough to make it more real to what the show was. That's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, Diana Botsford pulled that off in four dragons. And that's the most recent thing that I've read.
0: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of SG one and Atlantis novels out there that I've, I've just heard great things about that, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to have the, the story continue to have the Mm -hmm. characters go on, on, on new missions Mm -hmm. when Stargate's not in production anymore, you know, whether it's in novels or in comic books or if somebody gets their act together and gets a video game out (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, it's nice to know that, that that world continues to exist.
4: Hello, this is Mark from Metro Detroit. And I am calling, first of all, I just want to get one thing out of the out of the way. Is you were talking about comic books and continuing the series, and I want to talk about that in a minute. But you mentioned Buffy and Angel, and you said you don't know if they're continuity. Those are actually written by Josh Whedon himself, and those are 100% official canon. And there also is a... There also, you can get a DVD for uh, the first part of Buffy Season 8, which is, that's what it's called, because it's official Season 8, where you can just watch it on your DVD player. I know Blockbuster has it, and if they ever did a comic book of Stargate, that would be awesome to actually also have a motion comic, is what they call it, Some people who don't necessarily want to read a comic to watch it, and then they hire voice actors, and they might, in and if, the, vo- and if the, people who like, uh, the people who worked in the show, if they wanted to, they could come back and actually do the voices. That would be amazing to have, to have those characters come back. But talking about comics, is, I think that's a great way to go. And I, I think the reason why Stargate comics probably don't do very well is because they're not canon. And that's the reason why I'm probably going to, I don't read many of the novels. I, I don't really want to read any of the Stargate novels because they're not canon. If they do canon ones, I would actually read those. Uh, there, there, there was a Star Trek Voyager book, uh, Star Trek Voyager Homecoming, and something else. I forgot the uh, second half of it, which it told the ending of, it, it told what happened when they got home. And Voyager, and I read that book because I was interested in knowing an interpretation of it. Even though I found out there are facts that are wrong, it's interesting to know an interpretation, an idea, a concept behind it, because I'm interested in this stuff. And I hope they do a comic book series, and I hope it is canon. And if there's anything I can do, please say on the podcast, if there's anything I can do, I will. Thank you, and have a great day. Hi, Darren and
5: David. This is Chad from Hollywood again. Uh, I just had a second thought about the the lack of uh, good sci-fi programming and fantasy programming in general on normal TV. The the paid channels like HBO and Showtime seem to be picking it up and running and, and doing great with it, but uh, one of your callers talked about the reality TV phenomenon, and I have to say I've, oh, I've been rather disgusted lately with it. And uh, last couple of years, and I don't, with the cancellation of SGU and Caprica, I've stopped watching the new, the new stuff because they're just going to cancel my shows, so why bother getting invested in them? I think one of you guys were talking about that a couple episodes ago, that you don't, you know, you, you wait until the series are over and then watch it. But I wonder how this is going to affect, if more and more people are, are like this, if well, even, they'll even bother putting anything on TV, uh, if it'll just go into some other format, uh, like, like the Guild or and such on the web. Hey,
2: Dan and Dave, this is John from D.C. Just calling to ask what your thoughts on are about this franchise moving forward. Let's you know, say five years down the road or who knows, ten years down the road, somebody comes back to the franchise and brings it back, Whether it's, and more like with a whole new cast. Given the state of the franchise world, well, it starts off with us as, you know, Current technology to having all access to all this science fiction gadgetry, how does the series progress and still keep the roots of it being, you know, you know present day people? And not to mention, you know, wrap up all all these storylines left from uh, the previous franchises with the uh, um, Pacifico Atlantis and a uh, Stargate uh, universe. I just want to get your thoughts on that, Cameron calling from New York City. Stargate Universe finally, finally opened up the gate. The acting was so real and so amazing. And you guys canceled it. I mean, I realized that the show only had about 2 to 2.5 million viewers on average. And that's still fairly high by uh, Sci-Fi Channel standards. But you guys created a real work of, of art here. I mean, this is nothing like Stargate or Stargate Atlantis. Right, It was brand new, brand new characters, brand new situation, brand new storyline, and the acting was so much deeper and so much more intimate. I don't feel that it was justified in being canceled at all. It's a great, great show, and I believe it should be brought back.
0: Thanks, everybody, for your calls. Uh, if you haven't heard your voicemail yet, keep tuning in. Uh, We've got more to make it through, and now that we're back uh, on the air, give us a call on the podcast hotline if you have anything that you want to sound off on or anything that you want to talk about uh, or get us to talk about, rather. Next time on the podcast, on episode number 129, we're going to be talking about SGU Deconstructed. This is our big uh, capstone for our, our SGU discussion
1: talk about what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it,
0: and I hope that we're going to be able to get uh, Diana Watsford on that show to talk okay about it with us I will ask so we will see uh, if we can fit into her schedule and uh, and that's one that I've, I've been looking forward to for a long time, mm-hmm. especially since we found out that the show was was not coming back for a third season, and that that the story was not going to get finished uh, yeah we need to the sort of pick it apart and uh, see what we think was successful and not so successful. Uh, And then uh, after that, show number 130 I currently have planned for an open line night assuming that that we're going to have lots of voicemail to catch up on. Uh, So we'll just talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, If you've got questions or topics
1: uh, On Stargate, off Stargate, doesn't matter Ask us, we'll answer it.
0: Yeah, Call into the hotline and and if you want to give us a topic for that show specifically Mm -hmm. then maybe tell us that it's for open line night. Um, we can talk about Stargate or sci-fi or anything else that's going on. Uh, what's that podcast hotline?
1: Nine five one two six two one
0: six four seven. You can call any day or night. Uh, the phone does not ring. You will not wake up my children. You can also make a brief audio recording on your computer and email it to webmaster at gateworld dot net. Um, Keep it uh, to a minute or two, please, and do listen to it. If you record it on your computer, listen to it before you send it in. We've had a few people send in uh, some recordings that had a lot of background noise, a lot of hiss and and breakup that, unfortunately, we we tried in the editing studio to clean them up, and we just weren't able to clean them up sufficiently. So um, make sure you know what you're sending in. So like my audio uh,
1: instructor said in college, garbage in, garbage out. So if you create something that's not good... It's hard to make it better. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you can also post on the podcast feedback thread over at GateWorld Forum. The conversation continues there each and every day. And uh, there's show notes on gateworld.net right now for this episode, number 128, SGU Season 2. Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. It's good to be back with you. Looking forward to lots more podcasting in the months ahead. We
1: promised that we weren't going anywhere, and it took us a little while to get back around to it, but we haven't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, uh, everybody, for sticking with us, and uh, I hope that we see you many, many more times. Mm -hmm. From GateWorld, this is Darren. This is David. And we'll see you next time for another installment of the GateWorld podcast.